Thank you for joining me again. How's it going? Awesome. It's great to be here. I am. Yeah, I'm really glad to do our second episode. I think you're maybe our first repeat guest who has their own second episode. We've had a couple people on who've been part of a panel and things like that. But yeah, welcome back. I'm glad to have you back and excited to dive into you know everything we're going to dive into today. Um, before we jump in, I know we've done a little bit of rebranding and especially around what you do and what your team does. And, you know, John Glantz, VP of Transformation Consulting, that's what I know you as. Uh, Transformation Consulting could mean a lot of things to a lot of people. It could mean nothing to some people. (laughs) So before before we dive in and have a larger conversation around all of that, would you be so kind as to Talk to us about what transformation consulting means to you. Well, you're right. It means a lot of things. And I would say that that's intentional, right? So I guess, you know, let's start at maybe high level strategy. You know, we take your contact center um, from where you are today to where you want to mm-hmm. be or should be yeah, you know, in the future. And so, um, yeah, you know, we, we do that by kind of evaluating what, you know, what we think are the three pillars of contact center. Uh, people, process, and technology. All three of those pillars have to be aligned. They have to be working towards your business objectives. And if they're not, you're not gonna you you run the chance of not of not getting done what you need to get done. So, um, you know, we do that against those business objectives. You know, we we do that and as well as best practices. So not just where you think you want to be, but where we think you should be or could be based on what we see from, you know, peer organizations and things like that out in the marketplace. And again, that still is 20,000 feet, right? That, but yeah, again, yeah. if you think about what goes on in a context or even anymore, how a contact center's defined Austin, you know, it's, it is an, it's, it is a broad, you know, multi, uh, you know, kind of a multi-use, you know, in, environment. And so we have to be adaptable. We have to, we work on a whole host of, uh, you know, a whole host of issues, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's interesting. And it's really great that you take a holistic approach and look at not only technology, but, you know, what are you trying to accomplish with this technology? Because can't tell you how many times uh, listeners out there and or we've talked to businesses that, you know, um, saw the shiny red ball of new tech, thought, man, this is going to be absolutely incredible. Go through a deployment. And even if the deployment goes well, six months later, they're like, wait a second. I, I, this, this, these problems all look familiar. What the heck is going on? Why did, yeah. we, why did we go through this evaluation? Exactly. You know, with all due respect to, you know, the process to align, you know, to basically get people to new technology or help them find new technology, whether it be you know, the, the and that those are all good people. They do great work. Um, you know, many times it's a sprint to the finish line, which is getting uh, getting something, you know, sign, getting a contract signed or whatever. Right. And, yeah. and and not really time spent focused on, well, um, how do we take advantage of these capabilities that we saw through the demonstration process, through all these workshops we did with our with our new partner or, or whatever? How do we take advantage of that? And what does that mean? It's one thing to deploy a service. It's a whole other thing to operationalize that service to make sure that it's going to deliver the intended business outcomes. And I think that's to me, that's what trans that's what transformation consulting. It's a big part of what it is. I mean, there's a whole host of other things if you want to dive into kind of practical application, but 
it's, you know, that to me is a key part of it. And, you know, we're seeing some really, we're having some really interesting conversations now with clients that maybe even a couple of years ago wouldn't have considered or quite frankly would have been scared to make the migration, these legacy premise-based technologies that, you know, they've been in for a long time. In many cases, they don't even know what's in them, you know, how it's, how things work. Yeah. And now it's, you know, they're, you know, um, circumstances are kind of forcing them to really reevaluate what, where they are and what they're doing and how they're doing it. And, um, you know, there's a whole host of forces that are really kind of driving the market that way. Yeah, that's that's a good point that you bring up that, you know, there are a lot of people out there still on legacy technology that know they need to move, but for multitude of reasons haven't. What is it about sort of how you work with customers? What is it about what you do that can give a contact center leader, or an IT leader, any business, just a general business, the confidence they need to say, all right, if we make this move, it's not going to be a disaster. We've got a good plan in place. Yeah. Well, I think it starts with our process, with our methodology, which really starts with a deep dive into their business. Where are they at right now? If you have to establish kind of what the current uh, current state, you know, and I think that's sometimes, again, in that rush to get new technology deployed, uh, we we forget about that. We think, well, we'll just redesign or we'll we'll lift and shift out of old technology into new technology. We'll get back to fixing it later. And I think, you know, in some cases, you know, you have to do that. You've got, um, you know, you've got something going end of life by a certain time. You've got a renewal coming up. You've got an upgrade coming up that you don't want to do. And so you have to do that in order to meet the timelines. But when you don't have to do that, you really should take some time to understand how you're going to deploy and operationalize all these great new capabilities that you're going to get access to. And, and that involves you know, going through and documenting what's being done today, understanding those pain points, documenting the impacts to the organization of those pain points, and then you know, designing those, the modifications to, again, your people and process in order to take advantage of those capabilities so that when you do deploy, well, you know, and usually an output of that is a roadmap. So we're not saying, hey, we're going to deploy all these things day one. That wouldn't that would, you know, that would throw the organization into chaos in many cases. But it's here's the here's the here's the order of how you should do it. Um, that when you look back at that and you go back to validate your business case, you say, hey, we got what we thought we were going to get. I used to joke with a CEO of one of our partners. I was on uh, their partner advisory council. He's he's been a guest on your podcast, um, and he's. I used to tell him, "Hey, we make a really nice living cleaning up your guys's your your guys's messes." And you know, I what I meant by that was, you're, there's such a rush to uh, once you get somebody to say yes, once they wrap their head around, "Hey, we're going to do this," and the, we're talking about large enterprise clients. There's a rush to get it going, and as opposed to stopping for a second. And uh, and I've been because, you know, I spent 25 years in contact center operations and leadership. Lots of times those 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 costs of those technologies go into the operating budgets of those business leaders. And if those services aren't deployed, those business those business outcomes aren't going to be achieved. In many cases, it's enhanced efficiency, call deflection, you know, uh, uh, you know, a whole host of other uh, a whole host of other benefits that if they don't get deployed, you don't get the business impact. And then inevitably later, you know, I've done it where I've said, went to my IT partners and said, hey, that you didn't, this isn't working the way you said it was going to work. And now you've got this adversarial situation 
or at least tension and friction. That's just not, you know, it's not great. And, you know, nobody wants to work that way. So. Sure. That's good. When, you know, if I'm a contact center leader, John, how, or is there any, is there any maybe sort of key indicators or red flags that would help me say, Hey, wait a second, something from a people or a process standpoint might be broken here. And before we go down this long journey of, you know, evaluating technology, documenting our requirements, all that stuff, um, maybe we should take a step back and look at the bigger picture. Is there anything that you find when you're working with businesses you can point to right away and go, yeah, look, we've got it. We've probably got a breakdown here. We need to dig into this a little deeper. Yeah, you know, honestly, the contact center is loaded with metrics, right? And and many of those metrics are, you know, are key business indicators. So you can you can look at performance, you know, contact center efficiency or performance metrics, like, you know, where's my uh, where's my service level? Where's my abandon rate? Where's my ASA? You know, those those kind of metrics that contact center leaders work with every single day, that are an indicator that there's something not functioning properly. Um, I can look at our, you know, what is my, uh, what, you know, what is my um, agent attrition? Where are my, where's my staffing levels at relative to where they're supposed to be? You know, labor is a really huge topic right now, but many labor issues are really process issues in disguise, right? So, you know, and there are a number of solutions to those, to those, um, to those, those problems or challenges that aren't necessary don't necessarily involve you know bringing more people onto your program which is a which is a, a solution but you can't it's it's you can only pull that rabbit out of the hat so many times right and so you know it's it's an expensive solution for sure so i mean and then you know there's the what, what are your customers telling you so we we are talking to a a, a, a high number of, of leaders right now that are focused on contact center ex, contact or customer experience issues, CX issues that, you know, they're seeing that where they're not meeting their CX targets and are really looking and trying to understand what's the root cause of those issues so that they can be addressed and corrected. And, you know, and those are, you know, and I think those are, those are really positive changes uh, for contact center organizations right now. Yeah. And you said something there that I think is worth um, worth unpacking a bit. Sometimes, a labor issue is actually a process issue in disguise. I think if you could give a little bit of context there, maybe even an example or two, or two if you've got any stories, um, that'd be really sure. helpful and resonate well with some people. I mean, there's a, there's a, you know, uh, you know, I, I did a webinar last week and I talked about, I can't remember the exact number, but you know, in the mid eighties percent of agents are, you know, stressed or highly stressed in their job. And if you think about what stresses them, in many cases, it's the inability to, to succeed. I, I believe that everybody, most everybody, 99% of people walk into their job every day. I used to say walk through the front doors of the office, but that doesn't really apply anymore. <laughs> they sit down at their desk every day and they want to do a good job. And, and, they, and you know, you, we get satisfaction from wanting to do a good job and are doing a good job. And when you're not, when you don't feel like you're succeeding because you're talking with customers or chatting with them and they're frustrated and they've never been more frustrated and you feel like, hey, there's no, I, there's nothing I can do. They're frustrated because they have to wait a long time to be serviced. They're frustrated because it takes a long time to satisfy their, 
to satisfy their, uh, their requirements. And those are in many cases process issues. You know, I can't, I don't have access to information because it's not readily available to me. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tucked away on some, uh, on, in some, uh, we, I work with a client that was, uh, they were a help desk for, uh, recreational vehicles. They had in this, so they had all this warranty information and detailed product information. They had it in a OneDrive. They had it in multiple OneDrives actually in a, in a, in a, you know, so you couldn't even sort the data. You literally had to go down the menu alphabetically to look for the thing you were looking for and then remember what drive it was in. So, you know, besides the fact that it's an awful customer experience, it created a high degree of tension and frustration in their agents, which ultimately drove up their attrition rates. So people said, I can't, I'm not, I'm doing a lousy job. This is really hard. And so by, by, by coming up with something that involved technology and process, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, simplifying that process, making it easier for agents to do their job, ultimately led to a higher level of satisfaction. So that's an example of a process issue. So. Ah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, that, that really that really helps paint a picture because you usually think about those two things in silos, which, <laughs> for better or worse, can be also be a common theme. And in, in everything center. is interconnected, man. Everything is interconnected yeah. anymore, and there's no. You know, back 100 years ago when I started in contact centers, you know, it was much it was a much simpler environment. And uh, I mean, honestly, it, it's I'm embarrassed to tell people, but I started making outbound calls where you used index cards and label sheets. Right. So it, you couldn't get got and we all had a phone in front of us. Right. So you right. dialed the number on the phone. You know, it was it couldn't have been any more uh, basic. Um, but, you know, it, the job, other than getting yelled at by customers, it really wasn't a bad, you know, was, other than that was pretty simple. So, you know, <laughs> that's funny. You know, John, when you talk a lot about, you know, how many areas of the business the contact center touches, you know, you've discussed, look, um, even, the, even in the tech conversation, you know, if you've been a stakeholder in a project like this, you want to get it forward. You know, when you think about a technology purchase, it's pretty easy for most people to wrap their head around, right? Hey, mm -hmm. we're paying this money and we're getting this. Maybe it's not That's why tangible, lots of people do them. Exactly. We're getting this product. It seems like a trade. silver bullet. It seems like a silver yep. bullet. You can wrap, I can wrap my head around it. Exactly. With something where, you know, you're, you're buying into a, a process and I know you have great, you know, documentation and we can talk about some of the actual deliverables that, you know, you have made in specific engagements for customers, but what are some obstacles that a, you know, contact center leader or an IT leader may face if they're, you know, talk with you or talk with anyone, you know, like you and said, and go, man, yeah, this sounds like great. It sounds like something we need, but I think I'm gonna have a hard time getting this approved because of blankety blankety blank. Could you fill in some of those blanks for us? Yeah, I think there's, um, What's the right way to put this? Um, I think that, you know, uh, some in many camps, clients are um, they're afraid, not maybe not afraid, but they're they're concerned about the journey. Right. That it sounds hard and it's it's complex to not only to identify these issues and say, here's how you should fix them. But then to deploy those issues through your organization is a pretty you know, it's, it's a complex and we're not talking about turn in a screw or, you know, you know, turn in a, you know, a, a bolt or something like that. This is, we're dealing in many cases with people. And so I think some people think, Hey, is the juice really worth the squeeze? And it's one of the things we focused on here is how do we, 
quantify the impact of the challenges on the organizations that they're talking about. And if, you know, when we talk to clients the first, the first few times and we get them talking about, hey, what, what are the things that you're struggling with in the organization? Doesn't necessarily mean things are broken. And quite frankly, there's a lot of common problems across the contact center space, but what are, what are you struggling with right now? Where are your, your key performance indicators? And um, how does it impact the organization and get, get it? And you can, when you can get to that discussion, in many cases, you can monetize it. And then once you quantify those, mon those monetary impacts, um, now you've established the cost of doing nothing. This is what this is what it's going to cost. And, you know, it's something I think we're just now figuring out. I mean, I think we were great at talking about all the wonderful things we could do, giving examples of all the wonderful things we did. Um, and, and in many cases, you know, hoping that our clients, in many cases they did, uh, put the connect the dots. And so now I think we're having to do a little bit more of that because the, the engagements are, are becoming more and more complex. The requirements, the needs are becoming greater. Uh, and so I think we have to, that's one of the things we, we've been focusing on a lot is how do we establish that cost of doing nothing? Yeah, it's good. It's, it's almost not even looking, helping someone look in the mirror, but helping them understand that, hey, look, if you don't change, here's the mirror now and here's the mirror in five years, 10 years. Well, yeah, I mean, look at, let's be honest. It's the conversations with the contact center leaders is really pretty straightforward and they get it, right? But now I got to go up to the, the CEO or the CFO who's not necessarily connected to this process. Sure. They just see the results. And now what they're staring at is an engagement that costs money that they may on first blush say, well, wait a minute, isn't this what we pay you to do, <laughs> right? So yeah. uh, I used to work at a place I worked at before. Um, you know, if I, I, that would be the first question I would get asked if I wanted to, oh, I wanted to get outside help on something. It'd be like, um, hey, well, wait a minute, aren't you the, don't you lead the worldwide context center operations for this division? And so, um, you know, I think, you know, you've got to put the dots together. And so you have to create a problem that they can understand at that level, which is typically related to, to money, to put it in terms of finances, right? This is what it's costing your organization. And then you can use that as a rationalization because what you're really competing against Austin is doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We're good. We're just going to stay where we are. And, you know, we, and we, there's lots of different ways to do that. I worked with a client back when we were at Epic. They wanted a roadmap. Uh, they were a legacy Avaya customer. They'd been on Avaya for, you know, a thousand years or whatever, mm -hmm. forever. <laughs> and, um, and there was a lot of the, in the IT organization, you know, there was a lot, they were in, heavily invested in that tool. And they really believed they'd built this, I mean, unbelievable quilt of, all these different services and they'd stitched all these these things together none of it was integrated they had to they had this elaborate back office process to put together this reporting i mean it was incredibly inefficient but in their mind it was working just fine and when we we started working on the engagement i started interviewing stakeholders and when we got up to the kind of the executive level stakeholders in the operation in marketing and cx and all these other places what we established pretty quickly was besides, hey, this is the stuff we want to do, all of those leaders were really dissatisfied, not only with, um, with, the, with the technology that they had and how it was serving their business, but they were really dissatisfied with the IT department because they felt like the IT department wasn't a partner. They weren't collaborating with them to solve their problems. They were really an obstacle. And, and so they all reported 
to the same person, the CIO, the CXO, the COO, they all reported to the same person. And, and so when we were going through the results of this discovery with the CIO, who the CTO, who we were, were, who was our project champion, the takeaway from him was, so you're telling me if we don't make this move, I'm going to lose my job because sooner or later, um, my peers are going to get my boss, our boss's voice, ear and convince them that the problem, I'm the problem. <laughs> and I said, well, I don't know. I, I'm not going to go quite that far, but I can yeah. tell you they're very unhappy with you. <laughs> they're very unhappy with you personally. Wow. Right. And they don't feel like you're a partner. And that's something you have to reverse. That's got nothing to do with our consulting engagement. But a lot of this, their frustrations have to do with technology. And and so, you know, it's it's um that's what I'm saying. These are there's no simple solutions to anything. I mean, there are a lot of simple solutions, but they're all interwoven with a lot of other things. Yeah. Part transformation consulting VP, part psychotherapist, it sounds like. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you have to just tell people it'll be okay. Yeah. You know, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And then other people and, and other people have done this. I mean, there's no, these are all well-worn paths. How many, how many customers have we, how many clients have we worked with to help them make that move, right? Thousands of them mm -hmm. at the end of the day. So it's not, they're not blazing any new ground, but if it's the first time for you, it feels like the first time. It is the first time, right? Yeah. So it doesn't matter all the other people that have gone before you. So, I mean, that's part of our job is to let them know that we, we're we going to get you from where you are today to where you want to be. Yeah. Right? And Or where you should be. And here's how we're going to do it. And that's, honestly, most of the conversations I have with clients, that's what, that's what the conversation is. So. That's great. Well, John, you've given a lot of good examples about, um, you know, stories on how we've helped specific organizations and... The last question I have, because we're coming up on time here, um, who could use your help, right? You mentioned, you know, you used to work at a, at a, um, you know, be head of worldwide contact center at a company. That's obviously a pretty yeah. large operation. Um, is it really geared just towards those enterprise level contact centers? Can you help the, you know, oh, no. we, we had a call today with a, with an operation with, you know, 25 seats. Wow. And they and they have real challenges, right, in their operation. And some of those challenges are technical. Uh, you know, they're but they're thinking, hey, we have 25 today, but there's all these other areas of our business that we think may benefit from this technology. We just don't know how to get them here. How okay. do we how do we do that? And those are the conversations. So look at the smallest contact that uh, that help desk for the uh, for the RV manufacturer. They had eight agents. Oh wow, eight agents. Now they were servicing. $250,000 products at uh -huh. the end of the day. So those eight agents were really important, yeah. right? And they were the front lines to customer, you know, post delivery customer experience. So, you know, we, you know, it, I don't think size of the contact center itself, number of seats is as meaningful as the size of the problems in your organization and what needs to be fixed. And I think that's the way you should think about it, right? That's the way you should think about it. Wow. That's really good. That's insightful stuff, John. Well, Man, I really appreciate you coming on again and and, and educating us. Um, any last words of wisdom or, or words of closure before we end the episode here? No, I, I just think, you know, the, the the world is evolving, right? And we're seeing, we're having, you know, there's just a whole lot going on out right there right now. We're having a lot of interesting discussions, and I, I think it's going to be a really interesting year. So, Absolutely. Well, John, as always, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time, and yeah, we appreciate it.
I, I look forward to being a three-time guest. So. <laughs> all right. All right. Us too. Thanks, John. All right. Take care. Bye.